when you really think about uh, being an adult, you're constantly being called by something. Like yeah. something needs your attention and it's consistent. It's repetitive. Yeah. You can't escape Chaotic, it. stressful. When you're a kid, the only thing that was calling you back in the day was school and, you know. And your parents and your parents, chores. Yeah. Other than that, you had nothing calling you. Mm. Now you've got the whole world. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I am Janelle Copeland. Oh yes, and I'm the Edward of the Copelands. Yes, that's me. Love that. The The Edward of the Copelands. Yeah, it's actually facts. That is facts. Yeah, facts. All right, I have a question for you. (laughs) Yes. Um. And I already know the answer to this, but this has been coming up a lot lately because I think we have like emerging adults coming like Mm -hmm. from our children, Mm -hmm. like crossing over and they're starting to notice a lot of things about adulting. And to me, I don't remember the shift from like childhood to adulthood. Like I just remember like, oh shit, I got to work now. But I did that so young that I was still a kid. So I didn't see like a smooth transition. Yeah. So for you... Well, I would just say, let me just ask a question. What things do you feel comfortable doing by yourself? Would you go to a movie by yourself? Would you go to a restaurant by yourself and enjoy a meal? Would you go on a date with yourself by, you know, like, I I don't know. Yeah. Like doing things by yourself, I guess, is the question. I'm pretty good with doing a lot of things by myself. Mm -hmm. I would prefer to do them with you. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I like I'm good with going to the movies by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can definitely go to a restaurant and eat by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's something that I would say, oh, I would never do it by myself. I probably wouldn't go to Disneyland by myself. Nah, that seems weird. Yeah. Like, hey, one, how many people <laughs> in your party? <laughs> Just me. <laughs> I'm not with any of these people. No. I, no, I'm here I mean, by myself. I mean, it would be an efficient trip because you would just go down yeah. to single rider like yeah. all day long. Uh, but I think that that would, you know, it wouldn't so be as So that fun. leads me to, well, let me wrap that up. So would you vacation by yourself? Absolutely. Really? A hundred percent. I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. I was like, you gonna leave me behind to go on a vacation? Well, you know, I talk to strangers, so I don't have a problem like But you could, that, the rule is you couldn't talk to a stranger. Like you can only talk. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> no, I feel like I'd actually very much enjoy a vacation by myself. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, like if I was going, wow, (laughs) wow. (laughs) However, I've been feeling lonely lately because I'm working from home and I don't have coworkers and that's like a whole beast in itself. And I'll just say like one of the things, because we're talking about 15 hard truths about adulting today. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say like one of the hard truths that I'm just going to put out there is we always think the grass is greener on the other side. Mm. Like 
people that have to wake up in the morning, go oh. to work, they sit in a commute, like they complain about that, thinking that life would be so much easier if they had one of those jobs where they could work from home. Yeah. And I'm just here to tell you after two years, I'm bored as hell at home. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, I don't have the personality that works well with myself at home. Right. I really enjoy collaboration. I enjoy bouncing ideas off of each other. I enjoy being inspired and pulling inspiration from experiences. And I don't have a lot of experiences alone at home by myself. And so it's a challenge. Yeah. And then I'm noticing like, God, I can go a whole day without really having fun or Mm -hmm. having stories to share at the end of my day. So I was like the other day, I just like came to the agreement with myself. Like I can't do this for another year. Yeah. Not going to do it. It's not. It's not that it's not good for my mental health, but it doesn't make me feel alive. So I started reading this book and it's called The Power of Fun Mm -hmm. because I was just like, what do people define as fun? Like, Mm. what do you think is fun? Because I think we use the term fun all the time. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that was fun. You know, (laughs) let's watch a show real quick. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. But are you really having fun? Is it really fun? And then I asked you this and you said, well, fun is subjective. Yeah. It's subjective because I think you bring your fun, just like your happiness, to mm-hmm. the party, mm-hmm. right? And if you're going to have fun, I think it just depends on your mindset, your attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we mentioned it on the previous episode around like the things you decide to immerse yourself and embrace. Mm-hmm. I think you can have a lot of fun. Right. But I do think there's just some core things that you mentioned that I think yeah. should be considered. So like thinking of like experiences. So this mm-hmm. woman, Catherine Price, she wrote this book called The Power of Fun. Mm-hmm. And I'll link it in the show notes. But she says that there are three things that make things fun. And she spends a lot of the time on the book, like in the book, explaining that things you think are fun, they're not. So like <laughs> scrolling through TikTok. like Not fun, right? It's like it can be enjoyable. You can laugh. But it's not. Is it fun? Is it bringing it's life? entertaining. It's entertaining, right? Right. So then she brings up entertainment is not always fun, Mm -hmm. but we call it fun. Like, oh, let's go to the movies. That'll be fun. But is it fun? You're not even talking to people. Like, you're just sitting there being entertained. Right. And so that's kind of what she's saying is like a lot of times we think fun is when something is happening to you or someone's performing for you. And really the true definition of fun, she says, number one, to constitute is something being fun. Um, It's when you experience playfulness. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're joking around with family, we're telling stories. Those moments are fun. Yeah, it's so lighthearted. Yeah. Like it's, yeah it's so like when a- you do something just for the sake of doing it, you're not looking for a particular outcome or reward. You're carefree. You're smiling. You're laughing. You feel completely free of responsibilities. And you're just able to be playful. Mm-hmm. The, I like think of like you're not worried about work. You're not, there's no deadlines. Like right. it's just playfulness. And then I was like, well, how often do we experience playfulness? Like we can joke around at home, but who are you being playful with? Right. Right. Like it's a question to just think about. The next thing that constitutes as fun is you feel a connection. Mm -hmm. So when you share a special connection or an experience with someone else, that's the true definition of fun. So you want to feel connected. You could feel connected to a person, to nature, to the activity itself, whatever it is you're doing, to a pet. Those things make you feel connection and they wind up being enjoyable and fun. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. So I think of like my family is fun. Not everyone you're around is fun, though. Right. You don't always want to have a connection with everything or everyone that you're around. But. Taking a bike ride in nature, I can feel connected to, you know, mother nature. That can be enjoyable. That could constitute as fun. 
And then the last thing is like when time flies or you're in a flow state. Mm. So like you're having fun, it's enjoyable and time just flies. And you, before you know it, you've been talking for hours and laughing for hours and now it's 10 o'clock at night, right? Yeah. So those are kind of her like rules for fun. Like we, and if you think about it, I guess the question to you is like, do you think you have more fun than you actually do? I know that it's subjective, (laughs) but I was like, oh, we need to do more fun things. And then of course she gives you a million things. You should have hobbies that don't involve money. So like people that are listening that maybe are cake makers, they're like, oh, this is my passion. Great. But if you turned it into a business, that's not a hobby anymore. That's not fun. You do that for business. You have to do it. Right. Because that get get that removes the playfulness because there's there's an outcome that you're expecting or you you should be expecting from this activity. Yeah. So think about adults and play. We don't play very often. Well, so a couple of things that I think stood out to me is one, you can't take yourself too serious. Mm-hmm. In order to have fun, you have to be lighthearted. Like I think that to the first point of being playful, I think that if you if everything is serious to you or or if jokes, you know, go, you know, hit you hard and you're triggered by it, mm-hmm. then you can't be playful, mm-hmm. right? Because the people who know you best probably have the best ammunition to make good jokes about you, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to be playful in that way. And another thing that really stood out to me that you talked about and I'm going to get to your question, but like you have to notice that you're having fun because I think, I think you need to be intentional with like, okay, I'm going to make this fun. I'm going to let go of the deadlines that I have or all the stresses and I have to be intentional on like. But do when you think about that, just this is a question, mm-hmm. do you think that being intentional sets an expectation so then it's possible that you won't have fun because it does not, you're not meeting it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if I say, hey, we're going to this party, it better be fun. Mandatory fun. That's (laughs) ridiculous. But I know that one of the killers of fun is when you constantly have like something that's holding on to your mind. It's like you've got an impending deadline or something is like waiting. It's stressing you out. It's stressing you out. So you're unable to be present. So presence is one of those things that she talks about in the book is like, if you can't be present, you're not going to be playful. You're not. Gonna that's what be, I'm saying. Yeah. Like that's why I said you have to notice. Like right. y- when you notice mm-hmm. that, and you're you're in the moment, and you go, "Wow, I'm actually having fun. Like this feels amazing." Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that that I would probably say that I I think I do really well is I think I do that really well. Like mm-hmm. I can pause in the moment and just be in the moment and notice the joy that I'm feeling yeah. Um, because we know that that's fleeting, mm-hmm. right? And so if, you know, in one moment you could feel crazy joy and the next moment, like you're like, okay, we got to go to this. And then right. all of a sudden now there's an agenda. And I think that that obviously take, takes away fun in a sense, but I think you have to notice it. I, yeah. so I think you can't take yourself too serious and you got to notice it. Well, I have been seeing a lot of people on TikTok. Maybe it's my sign to like book a flight and just leave, but I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok where they're like, in America, we're overworked. We just care too much about, you know, status or achievement. And there's always goals. And in other countries, it's like they're actually living, whether you're taking a siesta, you know, and enjoying the beach or, you know, just doing other things like they don't live the way that we live around the status or uh, the achievements and it's just more simple life. And I've been seeing so many people leave America and now they're just like living their best life. But I think also to, to counter that, cause I mm-hmm. think that's right. But I also think that there's an element that 
like to me, when I'm in the trenches of something r- around your business or your career, like to also notice like, wow, this is really invigorating. Mm-hmm. Like this is lighting me up. And I, and there's an element of fun to that if you approach the challenges that come up. And I think that oftentimes the achievements that you're speaking to are stressful things mm-hmm. that people are like, I'm grinding, I'm in this like yeah. place of like stress and I got to hit this deadline. But I also think that like athletes would say that they're high achievers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, those are the folks that hit the flow state, Mm -hmm. right? And like, and when you are in a flow state, usually there's something that's coming out of that Mm -hmm. from a productivity standpoint. But also, I think when you can have fun in that moment. Yeah, I think you definitely have fun while you're working hard trying to achieve goals. Yeah. But it's got to be purposeful. Like, okay, this is rough. This is hard. But wow, how invigorating is this? Or like, how amazingly proud do I feel of myself about myself or... I think when you're on the road to achievement, that could always be fun. Right. Right. Um, like I talked about Viola Davis's book. She's like, when you're in the grind for 15 years trying to be a breakthrough actress and you're sleeping on floors and in apartments with rats, like that shit's not fun. Right. Mm-hmm. But the moment you become a household name, everything is like glorified and it's worth it. And they're <laughs> like, it's like this amazing story. Look what she went through. And then right. they make it fun. Right. right. And, and now then there's like, a movie about you. And then you're like, oh, yeah, of course I did that. And you're proud of it. But right. in the moment, it's not fucking fun. Right. You know? So I think that that's funny. Anyways, back to 15 hard truths about adulting. First two that kind of come to my mind that I don't even know if they're on this list. I found this article and I'll share it in a second. But this um, conversation comes up because like Jasmine's been talking about like it's hard to be an adult. You got to like like let's just say something simple. You receive gifts from family like a child Mm -hmm. right and then you got to make the time to fill out a thank you card and call people and nurture connections and relationships and then also juggle a job and then like you know work towards promotions and then do good in school and figure your life out and so i think these are interesting conversations we're having with our kids but another truth or one truth that kind of came up which was it's hard to make friends as an adult we'll talk about that and then two is um, like nurturing the relationships and understanding, oh, I play a part in this. It's my responsibility too. That kind of sucks. Right. And then I forgot what the third one was. Um, something simple like making small talk they've been talking about. Like, yeah. oh, that's an adult thing, right? Oh, this is the one I was going to forget right now, which was they said recently, when you become an adult, you think that all adults are smart. And then you realize they're really not. Right. <laughs> they're really ch- children acting yeah. like they're right. grown. But you know what's interesting is like there's a connection to all those things, right? So receiving gifts and then there's like the you nurturing got th- of relationships. The nurturing of but as you when when you're young, nobody expects anything from you, right? Right? Like you get a gift, and no one expects you to like send them a card or a you thank should, you. But, okay. You should, but mm-hmm. it's like it's not expected. She's five, I right? Yeah, that. I don't find. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you get them on a phone. Thank you, and then they go. Yeah, yeah you're so welcome. And yeah, yeah there's no expectations right. there. But as you get older, you start to realize people expect things from you, right? right? Like you, you, they expect you to send them something if you say, you know, if you send them a, a gift, they expect you to. You know, show up in a different way mm-hmm. as an adult than you did. Participate in the relationship. To participate, like to nurture. Like if you don't call your friends, or like as they all grow up, like you don't call me, so I don't call you. Like all of a sudden, this is a nurtured thing. And one of the things I was telling the girls, I said, "It's crazy because school 
is the most convenient way to have friends. Yes. Right? You're in the same class. Mm-hmm. You walk the same sh- streets. You you walk the same, you know, hallways in right. school. So you're constantly in a position where you're you're cultivating and you're nurturing a friendship. But when those things dissolve and you're out of school and now you're like, oh, I actually Go have to yourself. work. I have to actually find this person mm-hmm. and say, hey, let's hang out. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll say about like being an adult is adults don't, we don't push ourselves outside of our comfort zones as much as we push our kids. Right. Like we'll tell them, you know, you should apply for that position or you should audition for that role or, you know, you should ask the teacher this or you should whatever, however old your kid is, there's something that you're constantly pushing them to do. Go outside and play. You should not spend so much time on video games. You should whatever. And I don't think that we have that much push when it comes to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's almost relates to the, the what you were talking about as far as uh, fun. Like you think about when you're a kid, how easy it is for you to have fun. Mm-hmm. And like you go outside, you hang out with your friends and you have this amazing time. But your imagination is part is, is doing all the work. Yeah. Right. And so you have this crazy imagination. You can do all these different things. And I think we look at children and we remind we remember having that. And so we, we charged them to go do all these things. Mm-hmm. But part of adulting is that you, you lose it. Yeah. Like you lose the the care. Like all of a sudden you care about what people think of you. When you were a kid and you're young, you would dance in front yeah. of all your family members mm-hmm. until you become self-conscious of it. And then all of a sudden that's like the steps of like becoming an adult. You become more self-conscious of what other people think because at the same time, you know that other people have expectations of you. Yeah. Right. And so like the hard part of adulting is like, how do you keep that imagination and that, 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 carefree attitude when it comes to the things you're trying to achieve because it will come in handy especially when you're met with setbacks because you still believe you can keep going yeah or i think it comes in handy for me with like creativity right i have to use my imagination to get creative to figure out how to get out of this problem or how to solve it i think maybe we need to give ourselves credit for that like you do have an imagination sometimes you're not exercising it and just lastly, I bought a coloring book last week. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, I took Jordan school shopping and I <laughs> always loved like new school supplies. And I was like, oh my God, I'm really impressed with these Crayola colors. There's like 25 shades of human flesh. And I was like, I'm going to get this. And then I bought a multicultural coloring book. And I'm like, I'm going to color like once a day, like mm. for 10 minutes. You know, it's just something fun to kind yeah. of do. So, yeah, I bought a coloring book. <laughs> Anyways, there's this website um, or this blog by Annie Wright. She wrote this article about 15 hard adulting truths. I want to kind of go over them with you and then let's have some dialogue. So th- number one says adulting is hard most of the time, if not a lot of the time. Mm. And I think that that's true. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you want to grow up and you want to be an adult so no one tells you what to do. But Think about the mundane things like your commute, the work demands, like you've got a boss, probably coworkers, maybe yeah. that you don't like. You've got debt, student loans, you've got daycare expenses, you know, the pressure of dating or maintaining your relationship if you're married or have a partner. You got to keep kids alive. You got to <sighs> remember to keep toilet papers in toilet paper in the bathroom, right? right? Um keep stuff stocked. You've got to send thank you cards. Like the list goes on and yeah, on yeah. and it's just like, it never really ends. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like when you really think about uh, being an adult, you're constantly being called by something. Like yeah. something needs your attention. 
and it's consistent. It's repetitive. Yeah. You can't escape Chaotic, it. Chaotic, stressful. When you're a kid, like the only thing that was calling you back in the day was school and, you know. And your parents and your to parents, do chores. Yeah. Other than that, you had nothing calling you. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the whole world. It's a drastic transition. Like I don't remember when I fully said, oh, my God, life has changed for me forever. And yeah. now things are expected of me. I think that it, it just kind of like happened. Mm-hmm. But I do probably when you had your first kid. Yeah. Well, I think that was the big calling. And then you say, well, if that's a calling, then there's other things that they're going to start calling me too. like I got to be financially, you know, in a place for to take care of this kid. Right. And so then you start to stack all those things. Okay, number two, there comes a point where you have to grieve the paths you didn't take. This one I kind of wanted to leave out just because I'm not a person and you're not a person that's really full of regret. But I do think it's important to include because perhaps there are people that are listening that do wish. I wish I wouldn't have married that son of a bitch. I I wish I wouldn't have had kids when I was a teenager. I wish I would have stayed in school. I wish I would have got my degree or you stayed in school, like you said. And so I think, you know, thinking back to like your hopes and dreams of when you were 20s or maybe your early 30s and then you didn't wind up with the partner that you wanted or your kids didn't turn out the way that you wanted. You had all these expectations of life and it didn't really take you to where you thought you'd be. Um, Looking back, some of those paths could be kind of hard to digest. The tough thing about like living in a place of regret is it's your imagination painting a, a picture that your life would have been significantly different or changed, especially with the bias that it would be better than what it currently is. And and that's problematic because the reality is, is you don't know what would have happened if you would have made that decision, right? You have no clue how your life would have turned out. And so I'm not big on the grieving thing because that means that the part of you died or part of your history died or part of your... Your potential future okay, died then off. Coming that, to grips, you got to come to grips with the paths or opportunities that you let pass you by. Yeah, but I also think you just you have to just accept them, mm-hmm. right? I think that you have to quickly go to a place of like I, I accept that this is the path I have to take, and then you put all your energy in focusing on the path you did take. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes think about, oh God, what if I would have yeah. you know made it to the NBA and all those things? Yeah, you can. But it, I, I, you can't think about them from a place of like, okay, I got the, I got to come to grips with this, that yeah. this is never going to happen. Because to me, that comes a, a place of negativity and, and, and it diminishes the blessings that you have in your life right now. Yeah. I think that there are no wrong turns. Like in life, I think like, you know, you make the best choice that you can at the time. And if it doesn't work out, you got lots of great experiences and then lots of learnings to know what not to do next. And so that's kind of the place that I live in. Yeah. Do I wish I would have finished college? Yeah. But I also would have missed out on making a ton of money when I was in my 20s and like really learning professional work experience and having the mentors that I was blessed to have and like just all of the experiences. I wouldn't trade those. But yeah, like I wish I had my college degree, but would it have mattered? I don't know. I can't sit here and think about that and be depressed about that. Yeah. And you get in this place where you (laughs) overvalue the what if Mm -hmm. instead of valuing what you have. And I think that that, that's a sad story. Yep. So number three is none of us are experts in romantic relationships. We're all just novices. And I think that that's true. Like trying to figure it out. I think that's the story of life, right? Yeah. Like adults, you know, our kids thought that adults had it all figured out. We really have no clue what we're doing. So mm-hmm. we go to 
couples therapy, you mm-hmm. know, you read books, you try to do what you can to move from novice to expert after 20 years of marriage and hope that it works out. But no one really knows what they're doing. Yeah. And apparently, like, and people pretend like that as if they always knew, like the whole uh, us not getting our, uh, like yeah. knowing, not knowing that Italy required, what was it, three months on our mm-hmm. passports. People were responding to that on social media, like as if they always knew. And I told someone and, and that every inf- everything in your life was new at some point. Mm-hmm. Every bit of information was new to you at some point, uh, was an epiphany at some point. Mm-hmm. So don't try to act like you were born with this knowledge, right? Yeah, I <laughs> and know. I think that we, as, as, I think it would serve us as parents and as adults to be more humble around that. Like, let's figure this out together because I have yeah. no clue what's coming next. Yeah, especially in relationships. Yeah. I think that's good. Adulting hard truth number four, life is mostly composed of really mundane stuff. Mm. I think it's true. So like we talked about the commutes. We talked about like just the daily stuff. You got to do the dishes. You keep the kitchen clean. You got to, you know, manage or maintain a budget, constantly picking up clutter from your house. Like it's all repetitive, dumb shit that no one really wants to do, but we kind of have to. Um, And I think that a lot of us are surprised that in adulthood, like so much stuff is like mandatory, but it's mundane and it's like necessary. And I think that's the trap. Like, don't you think about that? Like, you think about the fact that many of the things that you do every single day are repetitive, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the trap is that you get into this this routine in this rut of life and you stop being really conscious or aware. And before you know it, the routine becomes everything. It No longer are you consciously making decisions you're automatically doing them because it's a habit now. Yeah. And then before you know it, you can't think outside the habit or the routine and you're stuck in, into whatever, whether it be a job or relationship and you just deal yeah. because. Settle. Yeah. And, and I think that, yes, things are mundane, but you get, you have to like caution yourself. You have to, you have to be careful that you don't fall into it and it becomes like you don't, you stop thinking. I think there's certain things have to be mundane. Like you mm. need to do the dishes every day, but you can't just be sitting there complaining about like, oh God, there's dishes every day. You just do the damn dishes, right? <laughs> so when it comes to like little chores, you got to keep your house clean somewhat. Right. You know, you've got to do some health practices in order right. to put your wrinkle cream on, whatever. Right. So a lot of it is mundane, but I think having goals around things that can be like, you have to use your money. You got to go to work every day. You got to earn a living. Everybody does that. It could look a million different ways. And I right. think that we need to keep that in mind. If you hate your job, get another job, right? right. But yeah, you got to earn a living. You've got to figure out a way to sustain your lifestyle, your family, your dependents, whoever's res- you're responsible for. And I don't think you complain about that. I think you just, it's part of it. And this is what I always say, like, usually people work eight hours a day. And then you sleep eight hours a day. Right. You have eight hours of free freaking time in a day to do whatever the hell you want. Make as much fun, as much memories, have hobbies. What you choose to do with that is on you. If you chose to sign up for PTA meetings and have 18 kids and right. you know have a spouse that you're not <laughs> enjoying coming home to, like that, that's what you chose to do with those extra eight hours. Like right. you got to change that, right? Yeah. The other thing is, is like, yes, you pay for childcare. Yes, you pay your mortgage. You have all these bills. But I think it's important to also like realize there will not be extra time or extra money 
that will come find you. Mm -hmm. You've got to budget to say, hey, next year, if we are doing all these really responsible mundane things, we're going to set aside X amount of money each week so that way we can take an epic vacation. Yeah. So finding a break in the monotony, but finding purpose in the monotony, I think is helpful too. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. And that's going to touch on it is that like using these, these moments for their full benefit, Mm -hmm. doing the dishes could be very therapeutic. You've had a, you know, a long day, you want to clear your mind and you don't have to think, you know, there's not a lot of thinking going into doing the dishes. It's Mm -hmm. kind of autopilot. Driving to work could be an education. I love process. driving to work. Yeah. I don't have to drive to work anymore, <laughs> anymore, but I miss it. I miss listening to an audio yeah, book. I yeah. miss sitting in traffic with my alone time, my thoughts. It's my time for learning, and I don't have that anymore. Yeah. I'm just to start driving places. <laughs> just drive. Just drive. Do a 30 minute commute yeah. just back to the house. Where are you going? Work? Uh, <laughs> Where do you work? Home? Yeah. It's a but circle. I, yeah. But I think that those things are super, super important. Yeah. All right. Number five, being an adult can feel really lonely. Sometimes we talked about this. You get caught in the monotony of raising a family, raising kids, coming home to your partner or spouse every day. And it can feel like you're disconnected from friends. I know I've felt that way. You've felt that way. So we got to find ways to kind of like add that fun in. Number six, it's often harder to make friends as an adult. We said that. Yeah. I don't think that I think outside of work, when you think about how do you make friends, that's tough unless you're part of like a softball league or like yeah. you do some extracurricular activities where you've, you know, you meet people. Yeah. Outside of that, you just, you know, saying hello to people at the grocery store or hoping that they would, you mm-hmm. know, invite you to coffee. Yeah. I mean, cause I like go to the gym. I'm pleasant to people, but I'm not really walking up to people like, Hey, what are you doing on Thursday? Right. Like maybe we'll have something in common. Right. I'm not going to see you every day at recess. Like right. we don't have the same teacher. I don't know if we have anything in common. So I definitely can see that uh, making friends and as, as an adult can be more challenging. I made a ton of friends working at the bakery when I was there, just, you know, connecting with clients. Again, there's that forced connection. You're, you know, and you're like, oh, I do that too. Oh, I work out there too. And right. oh, I have kids too. But when you're not interacting with people like on a regular basis, it could be really difficult to make friends. So I think that's like an episode in itself. Like, what? like how to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number seven, you're often going to find that life is about adulthoods, about like being double booked, um, making trade-offs or hard choices and like making decisions. And I will say that that's true. Some days I have complete decision fatigue and I've made too many decisions in a day and I don't want to make a choice on where we're going to eat dinner or what we're going to have for dinner. A hundred percent. So I would definitely agree with like, um, decision fatigue. (laughs) Number eight, every career, even your dream career, comes with drawbacks. Can't say this enough. Um, A lot of people that follow us, that work with us, especially our students, they want to start businesses. And I will just tell you, like, the number one thing we're going to tell you is, like, it takes a certain type of person to start a business. One, you need the knowledge, you need the support, you need the passion, but you need to know that things are going to be hard. That doesn't mean devastating and catastrophic. That means like it's going to be challenging. Why? You've never done it before. You don't know what you're doing. This is all new territory. And business is about like ebbs and flows. It's not always going to be really rewarding. You got to find the reward internally and work towards goals. And so I would agree that even your dream career, if it's to become a small business owner, can be really, really difficult. And there's going to be some drawbacks to any position or any role that you take on. Yeah, I think the 
more times than not, even when you're in your dream job, the thing you love to do the most, you probably do 15% of the time. Yeah. Right. If you do it well, like, you know, because whether it's you're an artist or whatever it is, there's so much behind the scene work that is, is important in order for you to do the thing you love to do. Uh, and I think that people miss out on that. Right. And I think that especially for entrepreneurs, because we live in a society where people actually look down and say, oh, you work for someone and, and people make statements like yeah. work for yourself. But what people don't not realize is like not everybody should work for themselves because there's elements of, of being an entrepreneur that people are just not cut out for. Right. Yeah. You, you don't realize in a corporation there are you know, departments for the operations of yeah. your business. That it's just you. Yeah. Right. Maybe so, you don't want to hire and fire right. people or be a leader. Like, I just want to do a great job, earn 100%. a great like, income. And I want to frolic around with my family on a beach. Like, right. I don't want to, you know, own a Fortune 500 corporation. Right. right. Number nine, you're not alone if you don't feel close or want to have a relationship with your family. I think that's a big one. Mm. And it's becoming more prominent now because. I think we are finding connections in different ways. And there's a lot of talk now about like being closed or celebrating holidays with like your chosen family right. versus the family that you were forced into. Yeah. <laughs> like you were given this family, right? right? right. And in the previous ex episode, we talked about like your mental health and like not compromising things like that. If you have family members that are toxic or they trigger you in right. ways that are unenjoyable, don't spend the holidays with them. You're not obligated. Yeah. But I feel like most people feel like they have to. Yeah. No. <clears throat> Protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Number 10, it's up to us to craft a life of meaning and fulfillment and fun. It's not just going to happen. 100% agree with yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's an action, right? And I think that I, I will say I interact with so many people that are waiting for happiness and fulfillment to just drop on their head like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And it just doesn't. And like, I think it's mostly in young people that are like new to a career or new to a job. They're yeah. like, ah, I thought it would be fun. It's just not fun. I'm right. like, but are you making it fun? <laughs> or, you know, ah, I right. thought my boss would be better, but he's kind of a jerk. Okay. Is he supposed to like make your day super enjoyable or are you supposed to find purpose and fulfillment in what your work is? Right. Yeah. And I think so many people entered the job market, especially those that, you know, they, they did the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. They did, they went, they went to college, they got a degree, they may even went to graduate school. And their idea is once I'm done, the whole world's going to want me. Once I'm done, I'll make the money that I've always envisioned and I'll live this life with, with really great work-life balance mm -hmm. then you get hit with the, in the face going no no no, that still has to be earned mm. right you, you still have to earn it yep. and it's not something that's given to you right out the, out the gate yeah this is an interesting one number 11 you can love your loved ones and also resent them at the same time so you can love your spouse your partner your kids your friends your family coworkers, neighbors whatever and still have feelings of resentment towards them at the same time like <laughs> life is not either or or Oftentimes it's both. Right. And I think it's because you're trying to live in harmony with other right. people and there's expectations that are not being met. And so like this basically just says in any case, like it's a signal that something needs to be worked on or addressed in a relationship, but it doesn't mean that it's bad. Like, mm. oh, this is a bad husband. This is a bad friend. This is a, like it's just about experiencing both feelings and then remembering that there's no perfect relationship. You have to work on it. So I think that's good. Yeah. As you broke that down, yeah. that made more yeah. sense because, uh, you know, you definitely 
when you hear the word resentful, it sounds, it sounds like you're, you're holding on yeah. to something that is probably going to prevent you from actually finding joy in that person and love in that person. And until you let it go. But it's uh, saying you have to address it, which I think you do young have to people address don't it. understand. Yeah, because I think you grow up thinking, well, I have my friends and we get along. All my relationships mm-hmm. should be very linear in this right. way where, you know, we like each other. But I do think that they like you get to the dynamics of human beings where there are going to be things that drive you crazy about some someone. But then to you to the point we made in the last episode, then there's compromises that you make because you know the thing that they bring to the table is far more significant than the thing that drives you crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number 12, adulting involves a lot of unlearning and relearning when it comes to food, money, sex, and relationships. Mm. I agree with that. That's a big one. Food is a big one. Yeah. The unlearning part is far more difficult. We And I, I want to have another conversation about this because I think that whether it be your career, food, health, money, money, everything, the hardest thing is unlearning. Yeah. Right? Because you you get someone who doesn't know anything or has accepted the fact that they don't know anything, then they have a very good chance of, you know, of learning the things with great speed mm-hmm. and making adjustments and, and like doing things in their life at a really great level. But when you have to unlearn things, yeah. it's just it it interrupts all the new information. Well, this reminds me of like lately in the last week I've had many conversations, three with people who tell me like, oh, you know, being overweight is hereditary. And I was like, no, it's actually not. What's hereditary is the same habits. You take on the same diet, the same eating patterns, the same habits, the same lack of working out. It's not hereditary that you're fat because your mom's fat. It is hereditary that you are taking on all of the the habits and traits that maybe made her overweight. So now you are overweight, right? Yeah. And so I think this, number 12, adulting involves unlearning. I think unlearning and relearning. If you grew up with unhealthy food, you grew up with people in your family who are battling their weight or the way they looked or anything like that, then you've got to unlearn and relearn better habits. And that can be really problematic and difficult as an adult if you've done something for 20 years and now you're trying to unlearn and unprogram yourself. And then around like sex and relationships, I think of like, we try to be really open with our kids. Like if you don't want to get married, you don't have to get married. We didn't put those expectations on them. Whoever you want to date is fine with us. Do you want to date? Great. If not, who cares? We don't care if you want to get married, if you don't want to have kids. Like we don't really have expectations around their lives. But I know a lot of parents are like waiting for grandkids. They're waiting for you to get married. And I think unlearning and then just like saying, that's not for me. Thank you very much. And then standing firm in what you want is something difficult um, that adults have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think when you put yourself in a position of saying, okay, the habits, the the traditions and the routines that I learned dictate what I do today Mm -hmm. and you fully understand that, then I think that you can then now help yourself to move to a place of unlearning in a way that's very authentic to still who you are, but at the same time, very effective and very productive. Otherwise, like you get into this place and you start to blame the world. Like, for example, you, if you say that, hey, I, the way I look and because I'm overweight is hereditary, you're now saying you have no control. Right. Right. You cannot unlearn anything because it's inherent. Right. And that, that's the big thing I think people need to understand yeah. around all the other things besides just your weight. 
Yep. Yeah. Number 13, there's a quickening of pressure in your late 20s and 30s. And I think it's intensifying now with social media. I know that all of the girls that worked for me when they were 18 at the bakery who now are entering their 30s feel stressed out. I'm not yeah. married. I don't own a house. This isn't my dream career. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like who told you though at 30 your life ends, you mm -hmm. know, like you have to have all these things. But I also remember my hardest birthday from being like a young kid to adulthood was 25. And it, it I had a really <laughs> tough time with 25 because I was traveling and spending money, making good money, having a really great time. And then when I hit 25, I was like, I think I'm expected to be an adult. Like I'm supposed to buy a house soon. Like, and people started telling me that, like, mm. well, why don't you like start saving your money? You should invest in a 401k. You should yeah. do. So people's opinions kind of like made me feel this pressure. Um, and that was hard for me. Yeah. 25 was my hardest birthday. And not 30, that, not 40, 25. Yeah. And I think that the hardest thing, just an alignment to what you're saying, is as you get into these ages of 20 and 30, it's hard to beat at your own drum, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's because, especially now with the comparison of social media, I see my friends doing these things, so I should be living this life. And, and yeah. not to mention, there was not social media when you were 25. Right. So it would have been you're worse. literally just yeah. being influenced by what folks are saying. Are, 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 yeah, they're, they're putting into your mind as mm -hmm. an expectation that you should have. but the key thing is like, how do you beat your own drum, but yeah. also be flexible and learning and saying, oh, okay, these are things I think are going to be important to me because there's some really critical time between 20 and 30 that you can make some really good yeah. headway in your life mm -hmm. and whatever you want to do. But I think the biggest thing is not giving into the pressures, but also embracing like, okay, learning what matters, what will matter to me in 10 years. Yeah. Right. And I think that that would solve a lot and of problems. And these last two, I think are really good. So let's wrap it up. But number 14, like you likely won't be Beyonce. And oh. what that means is like one, there's only one Beyonce mm -hmm. and two, the reality is that very few people are going to strike it rich, like hit it big, make themselves like this world renowned, like big influencer or whatever the heck it is you want to be like best in class. That's really well known. And I think that we have to find joy in trying to uh, become experts or trying to chase whatever it is we're trying to chase and just really enjoy the journey along the way. Yeah. Um, and not being willing to like, not be so susceptible to like fold under pressure or when things get hard. Again, going back to Viola Davis, because uh, again, I'm reading that book, but she's like 15 years of like hard work and grind puts you in a position where at some point you look around and no one's there. Yeah. And you're like, you got to be proud of that, whether you make it big or not. Like that's the thing to be proud about. Mm. And so you're not going to be an overnight success is really what that means. Like when it says it's likely you'll be unlikely Beyonce, you're not gonna be an overnight success. It's going to take practice. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that good? I, I think so. And I think that that's not to minimize your expectation or minimize your dreams because we just talk about dreaming yep. big but it's also about like expectations yeah it's like, gonna take some time it's, yeah and, and and being in the moment and staying with the journey you're gonna get the most out yeah. of yeah and last one i think is my favorite adulthood involves layers and layers of loss mm. i think that's important because like as the kids start to get older, people they love people in our family our parents our grandparents they're going to start dying yeah 
And I don't think we talk about that enough. We don't prepare our kids for loss. And so recently there was a friend that, you know, the family lost and it was really difficult to like watch our kids kind of grasp that concept. And then you want to tell them, but not kick them while they're down. Hey, this is kind of just the beginning. Like you're going to experience losing your grandma, losing your dog, losing all of these things eventually. Um, but I don't think we give enough space for us to talk about that. Yeah. So if, if there's someone listening and you're like hitting 20, life is about loss. Like mm-hmm. you're given one promise when you are born. And that is enjoy your life because at some point it will come to an end. Everyone you love will die at some point. Everything you love will die at some point. Yeah. And I think the quicker you can accept that, not that you won't mourn, not right. that you won't be heartbroken. But the quicker you can accept that it's the, a part the, of life, it's part of life. It is natural. Right. Right. It is it is acceptable that we will not live on this planet forever and the people around you won't. Then I think that you would get to a place of enjoying them and enjoying your life better at a greater at a greater magnitude because you know that it's limited. You, yeah. you, and you know, it's not promised tomorrow. And I think that when you're a kid, you think every day is guaranteed. And so you live that life. Every day is guaranteed. And as you get older, you start to see people die and you go, oh, wait, 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 this actually does end. Yeah. I never thought that this person would ever die. And then what do people say when people die? I thought I had more time. Right. I should have called more. I should have done this. I should have. So don't live your life like shoulda, coulda, woulda. Know that we're telling you, your friends, Eddie and Janelle right now. That the thing you love is going to die at some point. And yeah. So love it now. And I think the last thing I'll say is that the thing that hits you hard is when people of your same age die. Mm. Right. And yeah. I think that that is when you think, oh, shit, this yeah. this is real, whether it be taking care of yourself or whether it be making sure you just spend quality time with people picking up the phone and making that phone call when normally you would just go, oh, I don't want to be bothered. I just yeah. want to get home that those things slow you down a little bit. We were talking about our trip to Puerto Rico earlier this morning. And I remember when we were coming home from Puerto Rico, I was 30 and a guy that I dated a long time ago died mm. like of a heart attack on a basketball court. And I will never forget. That was like my first, what you just said, like someone your age right. dying. I'm like, wait, how? Like you're 30. How do you have a heart attack? Right. And then you start focus on your health and like, I don't want that to be me. What right. would happen to my kids? So I agree with you. Loss is a tough one, but we have to know it's going to happen and then do what we can to make sure we're not dying early. 100%. So I hope this episode was helpful and enjoyable. If you know someone who is entering adulthood, if you know someone who's struggling to get through adulthood right now, maybe sharing this episode with them will be helpful for them to know that they're not alone. We all experience these challenges and um, that's it. We hope that you push through and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Grow up. (laughs) Grow up. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through